Hey, well, welcome to Generational Gains. I was great to be back with my boy Carson. And um, we took a couple of weeks off with the holidays and just wanted to get back together and share. I think we've gotten a lot of feedback from people that have appreciated some of the stuff that we're sharing. Also, I think more than anything, people can understand, like they're having these conversations with their kids. Um, and so it's been fun to get some of your feedback. So thank you for that. And uh, and hello, welcome. Let's, let's get going. Yeah, today we're looking to kind of share some pitfalls we've experienced with real estate specifically and things we can start avoiding beforehand, maybe some failures that have taught us different ways to approach certain deals. Uh, and so I wanted to start today by talking about an opportunity I have right now and getting your opinion on it. So most of the deals I've been doing in real estate have been simple flips. They've been single family homes, a couple of rentals here and there, but it's in the South. And it's with people I trust and know, we've done a lot of deals now, but I am looking at a new opportunity that's something different than I've ever done before. I have a, a buddy of mine who, who's looking to get into the Airbnb space, but the luxury Airbnb space. And he found this area in the Smoky Mountains in Tennessee. It's about 30 minutes out of uh, Knoxville. And apparently it's like a big tourist, you know, mountain area for all the South people. Uh, and it's a big spot and it's apparently up and coming. And there's a lot of lots available for sale. And so we were looking at Airbnb numbers. We were looking at different homes on the market and different cabins available. And we were like, hey, he, you know, he, he bought a few plans, uh, a few plans to, to build these houses out there. And he was thinking like we'd built buy a lot, build a few different homes, put them up on Airbnb. And he ran all the numbers. He told me, he was like, hey, the lots are gonna be 50 to 75 grand. There's like 10 on the market right now. They're all in the same neighborhood. There's about, uh, it's gonna cost about 200 to 250,000 to build, start to finish everything for each house. He already had contractors talk with him about it. Uh, they built the plans together. And he's like, I already actually even put up our, our photos of what we want it to look like. I put it on Airbnb and listed it at a high price just to see what would happen. And he got $19,000 worth of bookings within like two days. And then he canceled all of them. But he was like, there's a market for this. Our house is gonna be legit. Here's what we wanna do. I wanna buy like 10, do you wanna do it with me? So long story short, now I'm like, well, not something I've done before. Different market, I don't have any relationships there. Uh, it's a good amount of money and it's a new construction. I've never done new construction and all the, the mishaps that come with that. So I haven't made a decision on whether I'm going to go and do a couple or not yet, but wondering your opinion on that, you know? Well, that's a lot. Um, yeah. but that's good. I think I understand the summary of kind of what you're looking at. Yeah. My feet, look, I think a, a thing that you're asking me is something that I see people do without asking others all the time, which is I've seen you in the last 12 months buy and flip homes yeah. in new markets, but consistent now in those markets. Yeah. You've been having success and you've been doing it for what, a year? A year. About a year. So, um, the common thing that people do, in my opinion, the advice I'm giving you is a little bit stay in your lane. Yeah. Although there's opportunity, you said a few things that 
would be concerning to me if I were to be an investor in that, which is okay. it's in an area that you haven't done a deal yet. Yeah. Um, it's, it's not only in an area, but it's also with a contractor who you have done deals with, but it's, it's not his, his primary, his, yeah. um, his thing demographic and in, in what yeah. he builds. Yeah. And so these are all new and, and not tested yet for you. Yeah. And being that you're 21 years old, um, and you're having success, my response to you would be, how do you scale up what you're currently doing right now to do it a little bit more in the areas you're at that you already know? Yeah. Like you're already buying and selling, you've proven the concept, instead of doing one or two homes a month, do three or four, or go yeah. five to six, and, and, and not quite test it. And the reason why I share that as well is because yeah. I don't know that you have a team yet that can yeah. maybe be in those areas to support you. Yeah. And I think your team is one of the most important things that you, that you have. And so, um, so that would be the advice I give you. Um, but, but look, yeah, I, I'll tell you when I would ask certain individuals, like maybe my dad, even, um, I feel like he was a dream crusher. <laughs> Almost yeah. everything I said, every idea he had, he, he would just crush it. And be like this, but the the good thing about that is he would give me like five or six or ten reasons why I shouldn't do something, and some of those things I didn't even think of. Yeah, and so I thought it was a blessing for that. And so I would say, in your case, I'm not here to dream crush you. I'm just yeah. saying you're doing a great job. Yeah, and and if you haven't thought about some of the things I just shared with you, if you can figure out how to limit that risk, yeah, and then do it, I think you'll have success. Because look, you're gonna grow up, grow up. You're going to grow up your business. Yeah. And, and be in other demographics. But I would say not yet. Yeah. That would be my advice. I think there's something you said recently too to me about something else. But you said like, I I just haven't proven it yet. I haven't, I, I, it's something new to me. So for me to go out there and try and figure it out, it, it would probably be fine. I probably could do it. But... Uh, you're right. There, there are better ways to go about things and other ways I can scale and make money that I've, I've proven and I can do. It's, so, yeah, I feel like that's the biggest uh, issue people will have as they're having some success and they're starting to scale. Yeah. And then all of a sudden they're like, well, what about this? I can make double the amount of money. And, yeah. But there's all these new variables that could potentially hurt your current business. Yeah. Um, and so that's, that's a good point. I'm not totally for it. So, yeah. So, and you say that because you've probably experienced that. You probably did that. I did what you said. So do you have a, a good example of doing what I did? Do you have any successes from it or failures from doing that? I have both. Yeah. Um, but I'll share with you first my uh, a failure. Um, I was good at raising money mm -hmm. and, and in, in Nevada, in Utah, for multifamily deals. Okay. Okay. So multifamily apartments, condos. And so, but the land was getting very expensive in, in Nevada. And so someone's like, Hey, we just locked down. I forgot what it was. It was like 130 acres on the Oregon coast. It's like, you can see the waves you can hear it crashing. It's like a third of the price of Nevada land. And you got the ocean. And I was like, and the performer looked incredible. And I was like, oh, instead of raising, you know, three, four, five million for the project here, I'll raise there. it for there. Yeah. These guys had built multifamily homes before. 
just never in Oregon. Yeah. Or by the coast where it's probably different. Right by the coast. And, and, and they didn't have all the city people involved and they had people that were businessmen running the deal, but not great real estate people, developers. Yeah. Anyways, I helped raise monies for it. Long story short, it didn't work out. Um, for lots of different reasons, but really when you're investing in other areas, it's uh, having trusted people foot on the ground that live there that you know and trust, um, is great. And in part of, you got to figure that out partly on your own. You're going to figure that on your own because you're to go into a new area. You're going to have to start from scratch. But the reason how I start from scratch in new areas now is by referral. And Mm, and so like you, you you know that I know like Kent, right? So, so Kent is, he's got his footprint in like probably 30 of the 50 states. Yeah. So if I do want to do a development, let's say in Oregon, I'm going to call him or one or two of my other friends and say, hey, do you know someone personally that have had success in that area? Can I talk to him? Yeah. And so if you can go that route, you'll have more success. Okay. So look, so that was an example of, of probably me trusting individuals that had success in Nevada, but not Oregon. So yeah. Um, and now knowing to, when you go to new, to a new market, build off of relationships you already have that yeah, have no on the ground there. Yeah. So you have done something different than me. Um, in so much that when I got into real estate, I was doing it in my city. Yeah. Which is how most people do it. You're, yeah. you, you started in another city altogether. Yeah. And, uh, you know, how did you, did you. I mean, how did you trust individuals that you did? I mean, how, how did that work? Do you have any examples of that? I mean, you, yeah, people, I mean, people want to start new demographics all the time and yeah. I usually advise against it and it's the first thing you did. So go ahead. <laughs> I honestly feel like I just tried to go for it. I just wanted to figure it out. The first home we bought was a $40,000 home. So it wasn't like I was going to lose millions of dollars. It was like, you know, if I fail, I learned and it wasn't a terrible mistake. Um, that's one thing I wanted to start small and learn it. But what I did was the first couple of deals I did, I put like three homes in a contract. I flew out to the city. It was Little Rock, Arkansas. I flew there and my partner and I went to the house. We met a couple of, no, we met three contractors. We met two inspectors. We met two realtors and they all came to the house at the same time. And we met a guy who I found on Facebook, just like scrolling through Little Rock Facebook groups for investors. And there's this guy's name that kept popping up like, oh, he helps with roofs, he helps with contractors. So I gave him a call, I'm like, hey, I'm coming down, can you meet with us and see if you can be a project manager for us. And so I met all these guys at the place and I, I just learned which contractors knew what they were doing, which ones didn't, what realtors were helpful and not, what, who knew the market. And then this guy, Seth, who was the project manager, he was awesome. He knew the neighborhoods, he grew up there. He, he worked for a roofing company and he knew like 20 contractors in the city and he knew how the construction worked. So I was like, okay. He, he was like our age too, which was super cool. He was literally like 22. And I was like, great, we connect on that level too. He's learning it, but he's been in it for a few years and knows the place. So being there in person helped me to meet a couple people that have really helped me structure my business around that one city. And now in that market, I know I can handle anything with them. Cause like that guy, Seth will do anything we need. He's super trustworthy. We built that relationship and now I can be in that market, but it took me to go fly out there and figure it out to do that. I could have gone there and met 
20 people that I didn't build relationships with and then I wouldn't have been able to build in there. Well, you could have done what I think most of America does when they go into real estate, read about it, research online and not gone out there. And I think you doing the act of actually flying out there, scheduling yeah. everyone to be face to face. Yeah. There's something to be said. So I do, I would yeah. say if, if, if you're going to enter into a new market, you absolutely should go out there and visit it. Um, fleet on the ground and meet the people, drive the neighborhoods, drive the neighborhoods. Yeah. Uh, so then you can start doing more things virtually online. Yeah. So that's, that you learned on your own. And I'm, yeah. I'm, I'm impressed. Well, you know, it, it, it's actually paid huge dividends because Seth and then there are some sketchy neighborhoods in Little Rock. Okay, hold on a second. So we've this learned. Way to the <laughs> yeah. Okay. So <laughs> can you please share? You haven't shared this. I don't think so. Okay. So you, you, this is probably one of the greatest real estate, uh, you know, find out, you know, go go research real estate stories I've ever heard. So uh, Carson, I'm going to start the story. Is that all right? Sure. And you, you tell us from there. Carson calls me and he says, Dad, me and my buddy, we're going to go look at this piece of real estate in Little Rock. Um, we, we can't, we're not 21 yet, so we can't get a normal rental car. Or a hotel room. Or a hotel room. But what we can get, because we're less than 21, is we can, we can rent a U-Haul mm-hmm. and we can, we can sleep in the back of the U-Haul. And I... I actually was against it, <laughs> uh, but at the same time, I was like, this is a great beginning real estate story. Like yeah. who rents a, so anyways, I'm going to let him finish the story, but yeah. they legitimately rented a U-Haul when they landed in Little Rock, got the U-Haul and we're going to sleep in the U-Haul that night because they couldn't check into a hotel. What happened? Well, it actually even get, is worse. Like we... I had a connecting flight from California to Little Rock, stopped in Dallas. So in Dallas, I missed my flight to Little Rock. Oh my gosh. So Carson, my partner, same name as, my, as mine, he got there. He, I, while he's on that flight to Little Rock, I was like, hey, I texted him while he was on the plane. I, I didn't make it on the plane. Could you stop the plane for us? And he couldn't stop it. He, they just left. And so I waited in the airport. I'm like, okay, well, how can I help him get this all situated? So I called U-Haul and I was like, hey, we need to pick up uh, a truck. A, a big, a big truck, and we'll be there in like two hours. So I'll my partner meet you out there, and I told Carson while he was on the flight, I'll figure that part out. Was there nothing else to do? And so the U-Haul company's like, hey, we don't have the big long ones. We don't have the short ones. All we have is an actual truck. So I'm like, well, <laughs> we can't sleep in a truck bed in the city. We don't know where are we gonna park. Where are we gonna stay? We don't have anything. And my buddy was like, let's just go to Costco. Let's go buy an air mattress, buy blankets, and return it the next day and just sleep in the truck bed. And then drive the truck bed around the city to our properties and, and sleep in it and go find like a Costco parking lot to sleep in too. And so we've, we get, he lands, he picks up the truck, takes it to the property. I land, I Uber there. They've already started talking. And we were like, okay, we can't sleep in a truck in a city we don't know. And this is actually get aware this is sketch i don't want to do that so we found a couple hotels that were like super super low end like motel six we thought we were gonna like get shot up in the streets we were in and we went in and they didn't check our ids and we we're fine but that was our initial plan until we got there was to sleep in the u-haul go visit the properties so look the lesson that i love that i hope you learned i feel like you did 
and that more people need to do is you went out and effing did it. Yeah. Like you, even though you couldn't get a hotel or a rental car, you're like, I'm going to solve for this. We figured it out the day of while you, we were there. You, you figured it out. And I, I, there's people always think that real estate is a potentially passive investment. And I yeah. think it is the, one of the most active investments. There's yeah. even your passive deals that are rentals. You, 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 you're landlords. You got to handle stuff from with management companies and managing them. And so, um, if, if you want to yeah. be in real estate, um, I love Carson, the story, because this is a story that you will tell your kids someday and that you'll tell others someday because it takes hard work doing that. So yeah. I love that story. I love it. That's, that's great. Yeah. And it, it, you got to find a way to do it. I, I think a lot of the guys I talk to that are like young, wanting to get into real estate too, they're very passive about it. Like they're not going to go out there, fly out there and figure it out. And so having that grit and the aggressiveness to go do it, I think is what will really help you learn. And even if you go there and don't get a deal, you went there and you talk to contractors, you learn what the market was like, and now you can go do it again. Yeah. And so it, it just continuing to do it over and over and over and going to these places, figuring it out. The more you do, you'll figure, you know, you'll get it done. Well, that reminds me, and you might appreciate this. Um, when I first started in real estate, I actually, I don't know how much you know this or not, but I actually worked for an insurance agent. And so I was his basically assistant. Okay. And so um, I, I remember we were in Henderson and it was like a term life insurance policy that this lady in North Las Vegas was buying and we needed her signature. And what he was paying me was he was going to pay me 10% of the, cause I, was, I got licensed 10% of the commission, um, to help him like close deals. Basically he, yeah. he basically he closed it, but then I like did all the paperwork and yeah. got signatures. So I had to drive from Henderson to North Las Vegas yeah. and the, um, term policy was $50 a month. <laughs> so it was basically like a $600 commission and I was going to get 60 bucks, <laughs> but I did it. I got in my car, I drove to North Las Vegas, I got her signature, and I did that probably 30 more times, maybe wow. 40, but I had to put in the work. And, and, and it wasn't really about the money on the policy, yeah. was it more about building relationships and knowing how to talk to individuals and answer questions. Yeah. Um, so I was just learning how to build relationships. I was learning about, you know, um, what it was important to a client, how to answer questions. So I was selling term policies for the first like six or 12 months of my career. Um, wow. Going door, going to the door to go sell it and make 10% commission. It DocuSign back then. Maybe there was, but we weren't using DocuSign back then. It was old school. And yeah. um, anyways, but I think of, I think of, you know, that was a story of mine. That was a lot of work and energy, um, you know. Well, it goes back to your point too. Like people are trying to get into it are super passive, but also they're, they're worried about the money behind it. They want to go get the biggest margin. They think it's going to be easy and it's not. And so just spending time learning it and trying it, even if you're going to make the smallest, maybe if the home's going to make you 10 grand on the flip, but you really wanted 60, like you got to go do a bunch of those to really get familiar with it. And that, that education is more important than the extra 20 grand you could have made. Yeah. And you build a team along the way. That's way better than getting a huge gain on the first deal. Like, let's go learn it and build it out. So we need to go replicate it a hundred times. Yeah. I love it. That's good. Any other uh, crazy fun uh, stories like that? I mean, that U-Haul story is pretty um, stellar. I mean, 
<laughs> Nothing that contributes to this conversation. <laughs> there are some crazy stories though with different properties we purchase and squatters being there and guns being pulled on, on Seth. Seriously. So, I mean, doesn't have to contribute to the conversation, but some crazy stuff for sure. Well, that's the stuff you don't see on social media. Yeah, that's the stuff you don't see, but maybe you hear about. Yeah. Um, but it's, it's, it's real. I mean, look, end of the day, it's hard work being out there. Love that Carson's doing it. Um, I feel like I still have to do it. I mean, it, when I start taking my eye off the ball, um, people start cutting corners. Could be on your team, could 100%. be your partners, could be other people that affect your team. And so um, uh, really uh, the advice I'd give on the subject is, as far as like pitfalls, you know, pitfalls and problems is yeah. um, knowing the people you work with. Yeah. Those people are more important than an operating agreement. They're more important than an interest rate or a percentage in the business. I'd rather own 10% of people that I know, like, and trust that work their asses off than 50% potentially to make millions of dollars to people who I don't know very well. Mm. And I have, you know, I'm not quite sure that they can execute on their plan. Um, and so finding the right people, super critical. Cutting corners too is huge to avoid pitfalls. You can't cut corners. And I did that the first few deals too. Just, I mean, not on purpose. Just like, I'm just going as fast as I can. And I don't know all the details. So I'm just going at it and figuring it out. And uh, you're missing things along the way. And maybe if you get too busy, you're going to cut corners. And that is a mistake too. The first couple of deals we bought, we shouldn't have because we're not going to uh, make any money on them. And that's just because we cut corners and we just were going at it trying to figure it out. And so being able to take it slow and actually taking it step by step and being in control of the whole situation is huge. Yeah, totally agree. So all that being said, a lot of good thought, thought, thoughts and topics here. So to avoid big pitfalls in real estate, build relationships, go and, and, and be in these markets, learn what it's about, uh, don't cut corners, and be aware of and be in control of everything going on. And so, I mean, those advices have been huge for me learning this. And now I'm excited to teach more of uh, people I'm around to keep doing this and building their businesses, doing cutting away these um, you know, these potential pitfalls. Uh, but for today's episode, I think we hit it pretty good. Uh, and, uh, as you guys know, we finished with three sour and service. So do you want to start? Sure. Um, my sweet, uh, would be, uh, this last week, uh, when we surfed right here, yeah. you and me and cash. Yeah. Uh, that was definitely a sweep uh, for me. Uh, we've never all four surfed together, I don't think. Yeah. At least not in a long time. Well, no, never, because Anna. Uh, that was my sweep. My sour um, is, uh, well, I was on the East Coast this last week, and so so was the baby and Jess. So we woke up super early today, um, too early. So I was up hours before any stores were open. Um, that was my sour. Uh, and, yeah, my, so and my service uh, was... I did go to the store right at 7 a.m. when it opened up to um, uh, get a few things for uh, a friend who was sick. Um, and so that's my service. Oh, that's for the nice. Day. Yeah, that's good. What's your sweet sour service? Um, sweet was today, being Sunday. We had a good, good morning together. We had a good time at church. Uh, it was very peaceful and felt like it was nice to just come back to center and um, get ready for my week. And sour was uh, Anna's 
grandmother mm. passed away this week uh, on Wednesday or Thursday. Uh, and so this weekend we're flying out to Vegas to go to the funeral, which isn't ever fun. Mm -hmm. So that's a sour for the week. Um, and service was last night. Anna and I went to dinner with my mom and Chris and after we bought them ice cream. So nice. Yeah. Hope you enjoyed this, um, this episode and thanks for listening.